Good evening. Welcome to Voice in the Wilderness. I'm Dawn Noble of Pure Heart Ministries, and I welcome you today with exceedingly great joy. Tonight's message, Reaping the Whirlwind, Part 2. Last week I mentioned that we need to be careful concerning the words we speak to anyone, especially over our own families. The book of Hosea in the Old Testament, chapter 8, verse 7, says, They sow the wind and reap the whirlwind. Morally speaking, sowing the wind is sowing moral bankruptcy or sowing negative words. And when that happens, a person reaps a whirlwind, symbolizing coming judgment. Now, the best lesson we can learn about that is if we say something or do something that is morally corrupt or wrong, negative, we need to repent. We must confess that sin first and then go in the opposite direction and do what is right because repent actually means turn around and go in a different direction. I'm going to be sharing several scriptures with you in this message tonight, and I really want you to take heart to these scriptures. The reason why is they're actual principles of scripture, and that means that they will function in our lives even if we're not Christians. Last week, I shared Galatians 6, 7 through 8. Do not be deceived, Paul writes to the Galatian believers. Do not be deceived. Now, this is a warning. This is a warning to us. Do not be deceived. For whatever a man or woman sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. I think most of us understand the law of sowing and reaping because it occurs in the natural realm, just like the farmer who sows the spinach seed and then reaps a big bunch of spinach. So it is in the spiritual realm. You've even heard people say what goes around comes around. And that really is just a corruption of Galatians 6, 7. Last week, I shared about several individuals who sowed the wind, Senator Chuck Schumer and a best-selling author, Sam Harris. Now, these two men really, really sowed the wind, and they're really going to reap a bad whirlwind if they do not repent. And I contrasted their lives, their words, their behaviors with a man in the Bible from Acts chapter 10 by the name of Cornelius, who sowed to the Spirit, and he reaped a bountiful harvest of family and friends who all got saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. Now that's a good reaping. That's a healthy reaping. And that's our goal, is it not? We're always wanting to sow to the Holy Spirit so that what we reap is a 
good thing for the kingdom of God, and it's a good thing for us. This week, I'm going to share with you several individuals that have really uh, what I would consider sowed to the wind. Now, this may seem kind of funny in a sense, but it's it's really kind of a true story in that it did occur in the movie. You all remember one of the greatest movies of our time growing up was Gone with the Wind, and it starred Clark Gable and Vivian Lee. It was a stirring movie, and it was set in the time of the Civil War. Clark Gable was Rhett Butler, and he was in love, passionate love, with Vivian Lee, who played Scarlett O'Hara, who wasn't really at all in love with Rhett Butler, but with another man. Now, Miss Scarlett was vociferous in her actions toward Rhett on many occasions. She yelled and called him a low-down, coward, nasty thing, and said everybody was right, that he was not a gentleman. She told him at one point, I will hate you till I die, and then slapped him in the face. There are other things that she said during this long movie, but the end of the movie shows how Scarlet reaped the whirlwind. In the very last scene of the movie, she says to Red, I'm so sorry for everything. And she's very, you know, just kind of almost crying, just, oh, you know, I'm so sorry, Rhett. And I only know that I love you. And his reply was, that's your misfortune. And then she said with terror in her voice, where shall I go and what shall I do? And he turned to her and said, and I'm quoting the movie, Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. And walked out of her life. And that was the end of the movie. So the movie is a, a very great portrayal of how someone constantly berated another individual very negative, very mean, very loud, very boisterous, and in the end, ended up alone, ended up by herself. Many of you may remember a woman by the name of Madeline Murray O'Hare. She is solely responsible for having prayer removed from our schools. Madeline Murray O'Hare was an avowed atheist and activist and actually was born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, so right up the river from us. She hated America. She started the American Atheist magazine, and twice she hated America so much she tried to, to, to defect to the Soviet Union but was denied entry. And because she was denied entry into the Soviet Union, she stated, and I quote, I just have to change America. She, uh, she actually uh, went to law school. She, um, 
brought many cases before the Supreme Court, but the one that we all remember so vividly was the case in 1963, and it was to remove prayer from the school. Now, prior to her case, there were other cases brought before the Supreme Court to remove prayer, but she had the biggest mouth, and so in 1963, it was passed into law. Now, she received so much attention about getting prayer removed out of the school system that in 1964, Life magazine referred to her as the most hated woman in America. I don't think, I know you don't think, you would not want to be called the most hated woman in America. To be honest, she probably loved it. She probably thought that was the greatest accolade anyone could give her. Madeline Murray O'Hare went on to file nine more lawsuits, all having to do with either prayer or other pursuits like challenging the In God We Trust on our U.S. currency. She sowed the wind. And in 1995, I am sad to say that Madeline Murray O'Hare reaped the whirlwind. She was kidnapped, murdered, and dismembered. Friends, this is a sad, sad commentary. When a person devotes their life to opposing God. We live in a time when it seems like there are many, many, many people like Madeline Murray O'Hare who are just devoting themselves to hating God and opposing God in every way possible. Now, she, she stuck out like a sore thumb in 1964 because our society back then was not anything near what it is now. 1964 was actually a wonderful time to grow up in. And so someone who advocated so earnestly and was so opposed to God and prayer, it's no wonder Life magazine called her the most hated woman in America. That isn't certainly any title I would enjoy having. So this woman really did reap the whirlwind in a very bad way. And um, it's just sad. It, it's, it's sad that, you know, she spent her life opposing God and she really reaped a terrible, terrible whirlwind. The good news is that her son, several years later, after her death, uh, no, prior to her death, did become a Christian. So, in Acts chapter 12 of the Bible, verses 20 through 24, we read a story 
of a man named Herod. Now, this Herod was Herod Agrippa I. He was the nephew of Herod Antipas, who murdered John the Baptist. And he was the grandson of Herod the Great, who had the children under the age of two put to death in hopes of killing Jesus. So we're going to read this account in Acts chapter 12. I'm reading out of the New King James Version, verses 20 through 24. Now about that time, Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. Then he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And by the way, when the Bible says that he was killed with the sword, that meant he was beheaded. Verse 3, and because he saw that it pleased the Jews, in other words, because Herod saw that this killing of James pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. Now, it was during the days of unleavened bread. And I'm actually um, I'm reading to you actually from chapter 12, but I started with verse 1. So I'm going to jump over because the next set of scriptures there in chapter 12 are all about Peter going to prison because Herod has him put in prison, and then Peter is freed from prison. So let's go to verse 20. Now Herod had been very angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon, but they came to him with one accord, and having made Blastus the king's personal aide their friend, they asked for peace, because their country was supplied with food by the king's country. So on a set day, Herod, arrayed in royal apparel, sat on his throne and gave an oration to them. And the people kept shouting, quote, The voice of a God and not of a man. The voice of a God and not of a man. Then immediately an angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give glory to God. And he was eaten by worms and died. But the word of the God, the word of God grew and multiplied. So again, another kind of gory, gruesome end to somebody who sowed the wind and reaped the whirlwind. He reaped the judgment. He was a violent, wicked ruler like his prior family members. And he truly reaped the whirlwind in a very ugly way. Now recently, actually last Thursday, the Queen of the United Kingdom, Elizabeth, passed into eternity. This woman, and these are things that I did not know previously, but learned recently, this queen read her scriptures and knelt daily to pray. She was a devout woman of faith. And on her trip to Ireland, and that was several years back, she gracious, graciously met and warmly greeted the man who had been head of the IRA, that was the Irish Republican Army. If you remember that, gosh, 20 years ago or so, we were always hearing about the uprisings in Northern Ireland because they were always bombing, uh, trying to kill people. It was the Protestants against the Catholics and... Um, 
Of course, they were also trying to um, separate from uh, from the United Kingdom. And so this particular man, who had been head of the Irish Republican Army, who was responsible for killing her husband's uncle, she very graciously met him and warmly greeted him. So that gives you a little picture, just a little snapshot of an individual who led a devout life, a quiet life. Uh, There is not one recorded word of Queen Elizabeth in the last 70 years of her reign. And this is kind of, it's almost hard to believe, but there's not one recorded word of her in the last 70 years of her reign where she castigated anyone, especially those who opposed her or her actions. No negative words. And she reaped eternal life. She lived to be 96 years old. She lived a full and beyond. The scripture uh, says we have 70 years, if by reason of strength, 80. And she lived to be 96 and she died peacefully. Apparently, prior to her death, It was reported that she had been ill for several weeks. Now, I hadn't been aware of that. But a professor at Carnegie Mellon University, right here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, our neck of the woods again, this professor by the name of, I don't know if I'm going to pronounce her name correctly, I'm going to do my best. Her name is Uju Anya, wrote this on Twitter. Quote, I heard the chief monarch of a thieving, raping, genocidal empire is finally dying. May her pain be excruciating. Oh, I need to read that one more time so you just really hear what she said. I heard the chief monarch of a thieving, raping, genocidal empire is finally dying. May her pain be excruciating. It does take your breath away that someone can utter such, I I don't even know what to call it, horrible, mean, ugly. Um, My heartfelt suggestion to Professor Uju is repent. Repent quickly, or you will reap the whirlwind, and you know, it may come sooner than you think. Lastly, our current person occupying the White House illegally said in a statement on television to all Americans that those people who support Donald Trump and the MAGA movement represent an extremism that threatens the very foundation of our republic. (laughs) Again, we who support the MAGA movement, Make America Great Again, represent an extremism that threatens the very foundation of our republic. So probably I I can 
raise my hand and say, I'm one of them. I don't know. If you are on the opposite end of this microphone, but I was called an extremist, and I th I'm a threat. I'm a threat to the very foundation of this nation. And as he stood there with this red lighting behind him as if it were the gates of hell, it was the craziest-looking thing ever. Now, what kind of president, really, could make those kinds of remarks about the people he represents? I mean, it is believed that there were 80 million votes for Donald Trump. 80 million. So 80 million people in this country are extremists. And we threaten the foundation of this nation. Most, almost probably all of those 80 million who voted for Donald Trump are the most patriotic, God-fearing, God-loving people who just want to see our nation back to its normal state. Joe Biden, hear my words. You have sowed the wind, and you, sir, will reap the whirlwind if you do not repent. I want to share some scriptures in closing from the book of Proverbs, and I think that they're appropriate for us as believers. And I think, as I said earlier, these scriptures are really uh, scriptures that we should really take to heart. So this is Proverbs 13, verse 3. Listen carefully. He who guards his mouth preserves his life, but he who opens wide his lips shall have destruction. Now that sounds to me like sowing the wind and reaping the whirlwind. Proverbs 16 Verse 13 says, Righteous lips are the delight of kings, and they love him who speaks what is right. Proverbs 16, 21 says, The wise in heart will be called prudent, and the sweetness of the lips increases learning. Do you get that? The sweetness, the more sweet the things that come out of our mouth, it increases learning. And we will be called prudent because we're wise in heart. Proverbs 17, 27. He who has knowledge spares his words. And a man of understanding is of a calm spirit. Even a fool, verse 28, even a fool is counted wise when he holds his peace. When he shuts his lips, he is considered perceptive. So I think you get the point. Words are important. And we certainly don't want to be sowing words, negative words, ugly words, horrific words like wishing someone excruciating pain in the time of their dying. I can't imagine any Christian saying anything like that, but people today 
are allowing the things to flow out of their mouth that they may one day regret. And if you do say something that flows off your tongue, that is negative, ugly, uh, ungodly, please repent. Ask the Lord to forgive you. I did put my suggestions to work. I suggested last week that, you know, when we see these political people on TV and and maybe not just even the political ones, but, you know, like the head of the teachers union and the teachers doing terrible things like um, keeping kids out of school on purpose. It, it does enrage you, you know, it en- enrages us. But instead of saying something ugly and negative about them, do the opposite. Say something positive. Bless them. And bless them with salvation. And just say a quick prayer for them. Because obviously they need Jesus. And so I've been doing that. And I'll tell you what. It makes me feel a whole lot better. I don't get all revved up and riled up. And um, I'm actually doing the will of the Lord. When I get angry and I say ugly things. Again, I'm sowing to the wind. I don't want to do that because I don't want to reap a judgment. So I've repented and I've been doing, practicing what I preach. So I'm encouraging you to practice what you've been hearing on this radio program the last two weeks. And I would uh, encourage you to look up those scriptures, specifically the ones in Proverbs, because See, we need to meditate on those words. They're so powerful. And we need to kind of get that in our spirit because we want to remember what you sow to the flesh, you will reap in the flesh. What you sow to the spirit, you will reap in the spirit. And we want to be like our friend Cornelius and Miss Queen Elizabeth that we didn't know, but was a fine, uh, lovely example of a Christian woman for 70 years in the public limelight. So with that, uh, I just say amen and hope to hear from you, hope to get an email from you. You can go to www.pureheart.today and listen to this program again. You can email me at dawn at pureheart.today. I would really love your support, financial support. You can send that to me. Send a check to Pure Heart Ministries, P.O. Box 85, Valley Grove, West Virginia, 26060. And I uh, really, truly, I would love um, for you to pray for this ministry, it's so important, um, trying to bring to you uh, what I really feel is important from God's Word and uh, to encourage us, to strengthen us, to teach us. So please think about uh, sending a check and helping to support this ministry. You can send that to Pure Heart Ministries, P.O. Box 85, Valley Grove, West Virginia, 26060. Well, I certainly look forward to being with you next week. This is Don Noble saying, Shalom, 
Shalom. Peace be unto you.